one and all to swapping joysticks, your greatest moment in the week. All of you. This is definitely the best moment. Uh, and welcome. I am the one, the only Ben Ostwick, and I'm joined, as always, by the one, the only uh, Nightingale. Evening. How are you doing How's there? How are you doing? All right. I'm all right. How are you? So I was in the middle of like sipping some water and then suddenly you went live. Well, I did say, shall I go live now? And you went, yeah. And then decided to guzzle. Well, you know, I need to lubricate. <laughs> well, uh, welcome. This is Swapping Joysticks, your home of LGBT gaming news, views, and interviews. Oh. Oh, well, we had used twice in it, so it didn't quite work. Is that where you're going? <laughs> sure, why not? We had interviews last week. We had the lovely, lovely, lovely Kelsey from Anna That's Perna. very true. That's if great. you weren't here, go back and listen. Yeah, it honestly, it was actually a decent podcast. I mean, it's always a decent podcast. But <laughs> would, once? Yeah, just, you know, <laughs> it's one of those that maybe, you know, in a while I'll go, yeah, you know, I want to listen back to that because uh, she's really entertaining. Um, but yeah, I am so, so drained today. Which is a great way to start the podcast, I know, and be like, saying, oh, I'm so tired Good. and whiny and... Ugh. Yeah, I'm... Uh, it's bloody hot here. It really is. Mm. It really is. Yeah, it's... Probably next Monday and Tuesday, it's going to be 37 degrees, and it's been, like, 30 a few times this week. <sighs> I cannot with that. Anything above, like, 5 degrees is too hot for me. Yeah. Like, give me, give me the cold. I want clear skies... Mm -hmm. but i want cold i want to be sat indoors like in a cozy jumper with it's when it's cold outside i do i want heat only from like a log fire yeah that's the dream i like that as well and i'm somebody whose body temperature like takes forever to change like i'll get really warm and then it will take about 45 minutes for my body temperature to be to realize that i don't need to have a warm body temperature and i can calm down and cool down it just, it's the worst. So yeah, when it's hot, it'll take me, yeah, 45 minutes or so for my body to just stop sweating. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which is not good. Which, yeah, you don't particularly like. <laughs> yeah. I'm a bit I like mean, a radiator. This, you are. But this heat is just not fun for anyone. It's no. too much. Mm. Please, world, please just stop. Cool. Yeah, we've got Jono in the chat who's in Australia. And he says it's four degrees. <laughs> oh my God, please, can we swap? Yeah, please. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're only the few people that would want to go to Australia for for its winter. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I hope everybody in the chat is doing well, and everybody listening is as well. And hope you're you know hydrating and uh, staying cool. This mm. is a very special podcast because literally straight after stream, uh, I'm going to pack my bags, and tomorrow morning we're off to Amsterdam. Yeah, very, very early. Oh, I've I realized see. how early we need to get up and I'm not happy about it. <laughs> like 5 a.m., right? Yeah. <laughs> 5 a.m. <sighs> uh, too early. Yeah, 5 a.m. is just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I've got to go and literally... So I finished off my uh, shopping for the holiday tonight. That's the reason why the podcast is an hour late, because I was doing my uh, holiday shopping. And uh, they do have shops in Amsterdam, that's true, but I I don't trust them. Yeah. <laughs> don't trust any wow. of that as foreign <laughs> clothes. 
So I went to Massimo Dutti <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that well-known British store. Yeah, yeah, British store, Massimo Dutti and Uniqlo. I thought Uniqlo was meant to be like dirt cheap. Mm, is ish. It? I guess how much a pair of trainer socks cost? Just a plain pair of trainer socks. Like a tenner? No, it was fiver, but I still think that was ridiculous. Oh, okay. Five pounds. <laughs> how much? I know, bloody hell. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she wears a stripy shirt and a freaking mask. Christ. I mean, Uniqlo does have some expensive stuff. You can buy, you know, it's a jumper for like socks. 90 quid or something. But not, most not of the stuff is quite simple and basic. They're not even full-sized socks. They're trainer socks. They should be at least half price. I think this T-shirt's oh. Uniqlo, actually. Well, oh, that was quite nice, actually. Thanks. Yeah. And then I went to Pull and Bear. Or, because um, it's in it's Spanish as well. I think, yeah, Pull and Bear and Massimo Dutti are actually owned by the same... I think they're both Inditex. And um, Pull and Bear went in Spain whenever anybody went there. It was always Pull and Beer. <laughs> Pull and Beer. This is my, uh, so that's my favourite shop. And it's like a I Saturday night out. Yeah, Pull and Beer. <laughs> beer and Pull, usually. Yeah, but they do very nice. Not necessarily. They do very nice shorts. They're a great fit and they've got a slight bit of like kind of stretch Gift. to them. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> you know what? You can You can go like, a size higher and a size lower and you're probably going to still fit in no matter what yeah i don't wanna, let's, I don't let's need, not test that <laughs> yeah i exactly manatee i don't need yeah exactly i'm not going to go and uh go shopping in netherlands i don't want any clogs or any kind of frilly dresses i'm fine i think we should buy some clogs mm. just for the lols but where they're on the stair yeah yeah exactly well no I, I don't... The only shopping I want to do in Amsterdam is for cheese. And Stroopwafels. Oh, yeah. Okay, Stroopwafels are um, apparently how I say that. Um, <laughs> they will not make it back to the UK. But cheese, absolutely, we're bringing that back. And then it's going to be really sweaty and smelly by the time it comes back. Mm. Which makes it more delicious, right? I like it when cheese sweats. Really? Yeah. Like a nice sweaty, oh, what cheese did I used to get that was really sweaty? Uh, I think, oh, it was my cured, um, so it was cured goat's cheese. Oh, really not nice. for goat's cheese. But cured, cured sweaty goat's cheese is delicious. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, my, my thing is usually how many free samples can you get when you go to the cheese shop without actually buying anything? Are you cheese? Are you cheese? Are you cheap? No, but no, it's just no. a fun game of like sweet talking about, oh, well, I'd just love to try this one. Oh, it's delicious. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> I love goat's cheese. And I, I, you can tell the quality of a restaurant. And I think I can't remember which, I think it was the hotel inspector. And I don't really like her, but because um, she's a Tory, but she was doing the, she was in a, oh no, it was, it was like the hotel inspector, but it was like the restaurant inspector. And it wasn't Gordon Ramsay or anything like that. But the person said that you can tell the quality of a restaurant by ordering a goat's cheese salad and seeing what their goat's cheese is like. And if it's kind of like a melted large piece that's got like other bits and all sorts on it, then it's a really good one. But if it's that cheap, nasty stuff that they just chop into kind of small slices, no. I have no time for goat's cheese. Goat's cheese to me tastes like what I imagine sucking on a goat's hoof would taste like. No, that's a steak and kidney pie. It's really like... Far, it's got a really like farmy taste to it. I really hate it. Well, I will convince you to like it. No, you will not. You will not manage that. <laughs> steak and kidney, steak and kidney. So I, my half my family are 
you know, farmers. So like I've had, whenever I have steak and kidney pie, which once I had it, maybe twice, it tastes just like a cow shed smells like. It is not a nice smell. Mm. Yeah, I'm glad that the chat agrees that uh, goat's cheese is lovely. No, I'm not here for goat's cheese. And maybe I'm not here just for blue cheese either. Maybe you just haven't had the right goat's cheese. They all taste the same. I don't even mind blue cheese if I'm really hungry. Ooh, no. Why mm. would you want to eat like goat hoof and mold? They don't I, usually put I the hoof in. That. If it, I mean, if they're adding the hoof, then it's a very cheap cheese you're getting. <laughs> mm. No. Baked goats. Oh, goat's cheese. I, mean, I just thought, so, oh yeah, just I love a baked goat. Um. Anyway, yeah, so that is Amsterdam tomorrow. Why are we going to Amsterdam? We haven't even said. I mean, I think people know. You're on a work trip. <laughs> I'm on a work trip. Yes, exactly. I'm on a very important work trip. Um, you lot are all getting pissed, so have fun. Yeah, I will. Um, as if you're not going to get pissed. Oh, wait, you're allowed to say that. You're on a work story. <laughs> You'll be in bed by eight o'clock or, you know. Well, I, I did tell my boss. Well, he said that there's a, there's a, um, at St. Pancras, there's like a wannabe Weatherspoons pub. And I was like, oh, great. Shots at 7am. And he said, yeah, don't expense those. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, I won't be, I won't be expensing any alcohol. No. What, what will you be expensing? Are you going to be really, really hungry when you're expensing and be like, yeah, I definitely got two pizzas for myself. No, I'll just expense a lunch for me and you can deal with it. <laughs> wow. Wow, well, well, well I'm at least you're expensing your lunch. Well, at least you're expensing the hotel. Getting a I can only trip. I can only buy for other people if it's a client and it has to be a really important meeting. Okay, we need to um, Well, would you like to interview someone like Mr. Wibble? I said important client. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Poor Mr. Wibble. But yeah, um, so it is TwitchCon, the con for all the Twitchers, and mm. we're going to, we actually flew, well, uh, yeah, we, we did, because it was, you know, a group effort. We flew in Microsoft Flight Simulator yesterday, all the way to Amsterdam, and then went in this little kind of drone, and uh, flew that around, uh, well, the RAI where you it's being held. You say flew. <laughs> I, I was in the air for most of it. I feel like you crashed it around Amsterdam and various places. Well, it's not my fault that the buildings are just weirdly rendered. So, like, Microsoft Flight Simulator, let's go into the games we've been playing, because that was what I've been playing. I've updated it. I added the, um, the yeah, the Amsterdam or the Netherlands. I think it was, like, the Netherlands, Belgium, and somewhere else um, around there that they've added as, like, an update. So I updated it. And it's great, because you've got these really well-modeled, you know, um, landmarks in Amsterdam. But everything else, it's kind of, they've obviously taken it from an image and built it around it. But it's just, the thing that I was using uh, was this kind of drone-esque thing. It wasn't technically a helicopter, but it controlled just like one. Because I don't think the helicopter update's been added yet. Um, but the buildings, when you get close to them, those buildings are not for going close up. From a, you know, from a cruising altitude of 5,000 feet. They look amazing. It looks stunning and then very, very realistic. Then you get a little bit closer or you kind of land in the canals and you realize that, no, it looks nothing like what it actually is. I mean, it is. is called Microsoft Flight Simulator, not Microsoft Hover Simulator. Well, landing is part of flying, I think. Yeah, but on an airstrip, not in, uh, a, in a canal. It was, it was a... <laughs> A the canal drone. did look beautiful, to be fair. It was some very nice water texture. Yeah, unfortunately, we ended up upside down in... Was it a tree or a building? I can't remember. It was a building. It was a building, yeah. But the building was very weirdly morphed. 
Mm. Uh, but yeah, that game's still awesome. It's still incredibly badly optimized. Um, usually I have to... See, I've got a 3080, and it usually takes about three times or three attempts to start up. Um, also, the autopilot on certain aircraft is completely bugged. It just does not do it. It'll just go into like a downward spiral. Um, which maybe it's just uh, autopilot in my life. Um, but yeah. So that's it's a flight metaphor. Sim. That's what it is. I think when so. you autopilot, it's a downward spiral. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that means you've got to work. If you're sad, you must work on it, which is terrible advice. Yes. Um, Edward Nightingale, what have you been uh, lecking this week? Lecking? That's Yorkshire. Are you lecking? Uh-huh. It means that you're playing. What are you like? I don't think. I don't like that. No. <laughs> I don't like are common you... speech. <laughs> <laughs> are you lecking? No, oh. I'm not licking. What are you asking lecking. me? Are you lecking? Yeah, but it sounds like licking, and that's weird to me. Well, don't lick. <laughs> yeah, don't lick your cartridges or what? your discs. Don't do that. Oh, God, I wonder what you're going to say then. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm definitely Googling this. Wiki lecking. Yeah, where did that come from? Not licking. Uh, it's probably... Um, Oh, no, it's not that one. Uh, I, I feel like it would be on... What's it called again? Uh, oh, uh, what's the Wikipedia that's for... Urban Dictionary. Urban Dictionary, that's it. Well, you need Country Dictionary if it's from Yorkshire. How dare you. <laughs> <laughs> Urban Dictionary lecking. Um, commonly new. Yeah. Commonly used in Yorkshire, meaning to play or to join in an activity. Hey, Walker, you're lecking at... That is the correct one. There you go. Are oh. you lecking out? Lecking, yeah. It means you're playing out. Coming out. There you go. It, it means something. <laughs> lick, not licking out, pervert. What, right? That's lecking what it sounds like. Out. Commonly used in Yorkshire. Oh, you're lecking out. Not your mum. Like. <laughs> well, what, what has Edward Nightingale been playing on his... Home games video consoles. I don't talk like that. What has been reacting to the buttons you've been pressing on those contraptions in front of you? <laughs> Here we can see Edward Nightingale playing a modern video game. What have you been playing, Ed? Anything scary? What? Yes. Oh. Uh, well, actually, actually, no, to be honest. Oh. Um, no, I played. A f- I played a few things this week. Actually, um, I finally finished Cyberpunk at the weekend. <gasps> Cyberpunk. Um, was Cyberspunk. it worth it? No. Why did you it was play not it to worth the it end? At all. Why? Yeah. Because I just feel like. I mean, you can have an opinion on something, obviously, without having finished it. But I feel like you're not going to have a complete opinion unless you've sort of seen at least most of the game and finished the main story. Um, I. Finished the story, the main story. I didn't finish all the side quests, which I'm annoyed about because it meant that I didn't bang any any men. Actually, yeah. I did. I did um, bang a man on the street. Um, I didn't bang him. I didn't have what a about romance. The game? Well, um, <laughs> when did I you did, go to Amsterdam? I did. I did try and bang the policeman, but he basically went no homo at me, um, which was very disappointing. Um, but um, yeah, I, I finished the main story. The ending, I'm, I'm going to save most thoughts because I think we might do a video on it at some point, but um, the ending was very disappointing. 
it gives you um, sort of story choices as to what you want to do. And I just feel like none of them are particularly satisfying. Um, so the story I had, I was like, that's not the ending that I really envisaged for my character, but sure. Um, and the gameplay is awful and the world is boring and just the whole thing was just really dissatisfying. Um, so I skipped the end credits and then I promptly deleted it from my hard drive and I will not be downloading that again. That is a big insult. That is a big insult because you never delete anything off your hard drive. Oh, I do. I don't have really? enough space. Games are too big nowadays. I need, to, a... I need to swap them all around. So I need the space. Cyberpunk is out. Do you still have Fantasia on it? Fucking it. Where, where is, do I live on a freaking motorway today? Jesus Christ. I did hear that. Oh. Um, do you mean Fantavision? Yeah, that's the one. Yes, but that's literally like half a gig, so oh. that's fine. Are you going to play it? Maybe. <laughs> no. Maybe, uh, maybe <laughs> is my answer to most things. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I've ticked that off. Um, I have one more hunt to do in Monster Hunter, and then I am finished with the main game and ready for um, ready for Sunbreak. Mm-hmm. Um, which I am still yet to download because I was thinking to treat myself for TwitchCon to a mm-hmm. new game. And I was thinking, oh, I should really get some break. But the thing is, is that it's Monster Hunter is so much more fun when you're playing online with other people. And I can't really do that on the train. Um, and if it's jumping up to like master rank, it's going to be really tricky and I don't really want to be doing that on my own. So I feel like it's not really worth it for the train journey. Mm. Um, but I do have some other games yet to play. I still haven't finished Shining Pearl, yeah, uh, Pokemon, um, and I've got a couple of other like indie games that I haven't played either. Um, mm. So I've probably got enough. I just really like that sort of thing of oh, you go on a holiday, like you've got a long journey, treat yourself to a game. Yeah, um, I'm thinking of like starting a game that I've not played, and I don't know whether to do as. it. Such as either like Dragon Quest Eleven is one of them. Okay, another one is um, Triangle Strategy. I think you should start that so that I can take it from you when you're done. I mean, you can, like, if I don't choose it, you can just play that if you, I mean, you can play that if you prefer on the train. Don't tempt, don't <laughs> tempt me with a, with a new RPG. New RPG. Yeah. <sighs> like, I've got Dragon... enough of them to play through. Okay, well, you do that and I'll play Dragon Quest Eleven because people oh, seem I to love that. Know. <laughs> yeah. Because it's still, look at it, it's unopened. It is oh, on. Can I, can I rip the cellophane? You can rip the cellophane off it as well. Lovely. Yeah, here it is. Look at that. Oh, do you hear, can you hear the sound of it unopened as well? The problem is, is that I'm going to get really into that, and then I won't play Horizon. I won't play Final Fantasy 14. I won't play Final Fantasy 12. I won't play however many other games that I want to play through that are really long. Mm. Zach says, rip Red Day, Dead playthrough. No, Red Dead is the main game I'm playing on stream, but I mean, this will be a game I play off stream. Also, speaking of streams, uh, TwitchCon, I will be streaming every now and again when I can. I need to work, I need to go and find out what like the data situation is on it because i still got that thing where I can actually stream relatively decent quality and it, the upload is quite a low bitrate with that fancy um, app that I had and the way that I was doing like a direct stream. Um, so expect, yeah, stick on the notifications and when I go live, you'll, I won't really advertise it because I'll be like, okay, I've got 30 minutes now. Why don't I just stream for a bit? Um, have you packed your gimbal? I've packed fuck all, Ed. I got into the house about an hour ago. I haven't even packed, well, actually no, I've packed one pair of socks. 
That is the literal only thing that is inside my suitcase. Wow. Is one pack of wow. socks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm right. going to stream from the bars so that uh, yeah, there will be uh, everybody will be able to see what you're up to. Lovely. Mm. Lovely. Um, but I have also played a couple of other games this week. Um, my plan basically was finish Cyberpunk and then I'm going to really get cracking on Final Fantasy XIV. Um, however, I sat at the PC and realized, oh, I never finished Chrono Trigger. So now I've been playing Chrono Trigger, which I started a couple of months ago and, um, and I'm now getting through. I am right near the end of it, so I could probably finish it this evening if I wasn't doing this podcast. Um, I could so be packing my I'll bags probably... if I wasn't doing this. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm very happy to be here. Um, so that will be that will be next week. I will tick that one off. Um, Chrono Trigger is like a classic JRPG from the SNES era. Um, it was the creators of Final Fantasy who sort of came together to make the ultimate JRPG. And it genuinely really holds up today. It is a brilliant, brilliant game. Um, it's got a really, really good little battle system, all turn-based. Um, and it's got this fun sort of tech uh, system where you can combine abilities and stuff like that, which is really fun. Um, what's really, really good about it, though, is the world and the story. So without spoiling too much, it's all about time travel. Um, and the story begins off very linear, linearly, um, where, oh, there's a weird portal. I wonder where this could take us. Oh, it's taken us through time. Um, and then you jump through different time zones. It takes you to prehistoric times. It takes you to the future. Um, it takes you to sort of medieval magic-y times. And um, you basically jump through time um, to, to follow the story, but you're solving puzzles along the way. And in some ways, it's quite an open world, especially for that era of games, where you can really jump around different time zones and stuff you do in the past affects stuff in the future. Um, and it's it's got all these little layers to it. It's genuinely a really, really clever and really well-made game um, that stands up today. Um, wonderful pixel art, a really great soundtrack. Um, I know a lot of people here probably don't aren't really that into retro games. This is very much an Annie special. Hey, Annie. Um, Annie, are you here? <laughs> <laughs> um, but genuinely, if you're interested in JRPGs, this is one of those classics that has not aged and is still, still brilliant. Um, so I've been playing through that, which is wonderful. Mm. Um, there was magic in medieval times. That is canon. That is <laughs> that is that is historically See, accurate. Yeah, there is. I think there's magic in this medieval uh, triangle strategy game. Mm. That, everyone knows that, right? Well, there's every magic. game in medieval time has magic in it. Yeah, exactly. One, but only the mage can uh, can issue the magic. Of course, of course. Yeah. Um, but I played another game which I did not finish and I will not be finishing. And that is Visage. 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 However you want to go. See, you've just been watching too much RuPaul. I mean, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I played the first, I think there's three chapters of that game. Um, I played the first one. I shan't be playing the other two. You got scared. Um, one, one was enough. No, I, okay. There were, there was a lot of screaming from me on that stream. Mm. And that was that was screaming from shock more than fear. So <laughs> like that's partly <laughs> partly the jump scares from uh, from the from the from the from the uh, the bit redemption. Um, and thank you for everyone who donated and scared me. Um, but also, it's just a very jumpy game. 
I could not really tell you what the story was. It was a creepy child who was possessed by a demon in a very Babadook kind of way. And then the demon sort of stalks you through this haunted house and just sort of jumps. It's invisible and then sort of jumps out you in your face. Um, You have a camera that you can flash at it to scare it away, but it will still come for you. The timing is impossible. Um, So you're kind of just walking around and then this thing just jumps in your face out of nowhere. So it just, it's just very jumpy, but it's not a game that I'm like, Oh my god! I can never touch that again. Like, oh, it stayed with me. I had literally just said never. all evening. Like, mm. just I, I literally finished the stream. I switched it off and I moved on. So it's not scary in a kind of like, oh, it really got to me kind of way um, or anything like that. It's just it's very jumpy. And what annoys me most of all with horror games, which is mainly why I don't play them, because I I genuinely don't get that scared by things. I don't really get scared by horror games either. Um, oh, here he but, is, Billy Big Bollocks. I don't get scared well, by horror games. I found well, I Celeste was too easy. Oh, oh Cuphead, where was the rest of the content? Ah. Um, no, like horror games, horror films, I just, I just generally don't. I think it's the cynical, critical side of me that always has that kind of filter, that barrier of this is mm. not real. Um, I'm going to analyze it for what it is more than I'm going to get sucked oh, yeah. into it. Never go so, and see a movie that you really want to see with Ed. Because you'll come out <laughs> of the cinema, you'll be like, oh my God, that was amazing, wasn't it? And Ed goes, well, <laughs> well. So I come out of El- watching Elvis being like, that was amazing. And he's like, well, well. And then, then and now I hate it because I've been told of all the uh, inaccuracies and all the uh, failings that that the movie had. Okay, I had no idea about inaccuracies because I don't know the life of Elvis that much. I don't know either. But I can still criticise the film. I still enjoyed it. I had a lovely time for three and a half hours or however long it is. But it wasn't a perfect film and and Mm. it's interesting to walk out of the cinema and have that conversation of analysing things. Or is that just my family that does that to everything? I'm not saying anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, there was something. Well, no, I mean, I really enjoyed Elvis, the movie. Um, I think he definitely glossed over the fact that he pretty much dated a girl who was 14 when he was a lot older. Well, yeah, I mean, it glossed over that. It glossed over his relationship with the black community and sort of taking their music. Um mm. Oh, I but, don't know if he glossed over that. I think it may made it so obvious that he pretty much just stole it. <laughs> well, yeah, but I wanted more of that. To me, that was the interesting part mm. of the film. You want the music. More than, and the music and like, who is Elvis the icon? How did he become an icon? How did he change the music industry? That's what I'm interested in. Not his like dickhead manager who just refused to let him travel which is Tom Hanks, who I don't like anyway. I love Tom. How can you this... not like Tom Hanks? This because is why... he plays the same character in every he film. He plays a fucking and I toy stand with an astronaut friend for I like... I cannot stand most. him. Um, yeah, at least in Toy Story, you don't see his face. Um, I honestly cannot stand Tom Hanks. So the fact that the film was basically about his character more than Elvis just really irritated me. I don't know a single person who does not like Tom Hanks other than you. Deal with it. Wow. Well, wow. Yeah, look, you're, you're losing fans here. Um, like me. I don't care. Mr. Miller says, is um, that the kind of person to destroy everything you love? Yes. 
Um, <laughs> what's a perfect <laughs> film? You mean like, every, I mean, everything, everywhere, all at once I watched and I was nice about it afterwards to you because I didn't want to burst your bubble. But I was expecting you to come out and be like, what a load of shit that was. Um, but no, you really liked it. And I'm glad you did. I mean, it was pretentious, but yes. in a, in a I, okay, I like a film that makes you think. And sometimes that's a that's a film that you know you you think about it because you criticize it like that's also why I enjoyed Elvis. It made me think because it made me think about his life and analyze what happened in 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 those times. And it was thought provoking, even though it, I think the angle of the film was wrong. Everything everywhere all at once was thought provoking in a kind of what the fuck was that? But I'm intrigued enough by the concept to try and work out that riddle. I it was pretentious. Whereas I think you just get bored by that yeah. and can't be bothered. It was very pretentious and like just stupid for the sake of it. And I just thought it was a big pile of shit. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so, so anyway, yeah. Visage. Um, <laughs> because of all this, I do the same thing with games. So mm. I mean, that's why it's my job. I get paid to do this. So, you know, I, I can't help but analyze stuff. Um, when I'm playing it and therefore I get really aggravated by the gameplay of horror of horror games more than getting sucked into the atmosphere and the story so what I really hate is that so many horror games are about making you feel vulnerable and they do that by basically just stripping out gameplay so every horror game just becomes oh you've got to be stealthy and ignore the demon because you can't fight back and it's like okay fine that's fine for like two minutes until the demon finds you and then you die and then that loses all sense of atmosphere and then you just got to go back and do that again and just the controls of that game were bad um the way that you had to be so perfect on flashing that camera to get rid of him mm. the timing was really awkward and so most of the time it just comes at you and that's probably on purpose to scare you and that's fine but i just find that irritating give me a good game where like with a good story with well-done controls where I can get sucked into it and appreciate the story as opposed to just, oh, another demon's jumping at me and making me scream. Um, and yeah, I did scream a lot and that's also fine. But I wouldn't say it was an enjoyable experience in terms of it being a good game. What's your favourite horror game you've played? Honestly, the Resident Evil series. And yeah. I know that that's really cliche to say, but I really like the strategy of the Resident Evil games, or at least the the, the old ones. So I love, um, Yuffie says nothing wrong with being a screamer, and that is definitely me. Um, <laughs> I really enjoyed um, Resident Evil Village, and it's not scary in the slightest, um, but it's just got that sort of camp, um, sort of hammer horror uh, gothic horror kind of vibe to it, especially with the whole Lady D thing. It's so camp and over the top that it's that really fine line between humor and horror. And I really like that. Yeah. Um, I also really like the the old Resident Evil games for the strat like I said, the strategy involved in it. Um, so the first Resident Evil I played um, was the remake on GameCube. And I really like... Um, you know, yes, there are jumpy moments and atmospheric moments, and I really appreciate the visuals in that game. But the way that it plays with you, the whole like dog jumping through the window, and then every time you go past a window, you think there's going to be a dog, but there isn't. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I, I really like that kind of idea where it sort of plays with your expectations. I like the strategy of, right, I need to get over here, but there are so many zombies and I don't have enough like lighter fuel to burn them. So they might come back as the crimson heads. So you've got to be careful as to like how much ammo you take and, like I like that kind of strategy behind Resident Evil, which isn't massively scary, but that's just because I don't tend to get that scared. I was a little bit scared by that game, but I was also about fourteen when I played it. Um, Have you played Prey? No. You would love Prey. I, I mean, Prey is my, I would say my third favorite horror game. First is Resident Evil Two Remake, which I think is a, an incredible game. Um, which has now sold over 10 million copies. All right, nerd. And in well, second... I wrote a story on it today. Oh, great. But that makes it the third highest selling Capcom game ever. Wow. What do you think of number two and one? Uh, Street Fighter? Nope. Nowhere close. Street Fighter is nowhere, nowhere close. Oh. Monster Hunter? That's number one, but which one? Rise. Nope. No world. That's about everything. That's about seven. Yes. World is the world is the number one biggest selling Capcom game ever. Mm, yeah. Rise is better. And second. Um, I mean, not. Oh, El, no. Um, I don't know. I was going to say Elden Ring, but that's Bandai Namco. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I was going to say something like Devil May Cry, but I don't think they sold that well. Resident Evil 7. Biohazard. Um, good, because I really enjoy. I loved Seven. Seven is my second favorite, just because I played it in VR, and it was like, it was a way of experiencing that game that I'd never. Did nothing ever came close to doing that? Like playing that game in VR was just an experience I'll never forget. So that is my firm number, you know, number two. But third is Prey. Prey has got one of the best opening forty-five minutes of any game I've played. Like it will just, it will blow you away. In fact, the only the only two games that I remember that have got amazing openings, Prey and uh, Bioshock Infinite. I love that. Bioshock Infinite? Yeah. Oh, I'm not a big fan of when that. When it all goes tits up. Well, I mean, yeah, the whole game after a few hours goes. The, the first one is much better. <sighs> Even the opening of the first one is much better. I'll play it one day. Oh, that's exactly you've never played the first one. Oh my god okay please go and play that oh isn't it all underwater and scary though i think that sounds terrifying it's i mean it's underwater yes but it's not scary mm. like yes. it's it's atmospheric i wouldn't say it's scary um go for it Pats has said dead space i also love dead space because it gives a lot of like alien vibes and i love the alien mm. films so so I I almost feel like sci-fi horror is kind of almost the scariest. Yeah, just the idea of being sucked out into space. Mm, I think I need a good, really really cool atmosphere. That's what I need in a horror game. Give me yeah. a really cool like Silent Hill, just the you know being on a street and stuff with just mist everywhere. And I can just I know everyone bangs on about a Silent Hill remake, but just give me a game that's set in a like a tiny town or something where. Everything is like coated in a mist, you know, like literally Silent Hill. Uh, just remake something like that. See, Honest- I've never played Silent Hill and I feel like it's a game that I really, really want to play for that reason, because I feel like 
in terms of its horror, it's much more psychological, more of a slow burn. And that I think I'd appreciate a lot more than, oh my God, it's the big scary monster. Mm. Or, oh, there's a demon jumping at you. Like, I I really want that kind of slow getting into your mindset kind of thing. Yeah. And also... I mean, look, for me, the scariest thing in gaming was the shark in Banjo-Kazooie. No, it was the um, tigers in Tomb Raider 2 right at the start. Also that. <laughs> and the boulder when it came down, you know, the big, yeah. Uh, no, I, my, actually, I would just, yeah, Miko's uh, brought up like Alien Isolation, which I've, I play for kind of my charity streams or as a dare or as a forfeit. And like that is a genuinely really good game. And I've been contacted by the people who I did the last um, stream Screamathon, uh, which is, sounds more sexual than it is. Um, and I might be doing that again this year. So expect some more Alien Isolation. And you know what? In like three or four years, I might end up finishing that game because it's genuinely enjoyable. It's it's terrifying, but it's a genuinely enjoyable game in itself. I I haven't played it. And for me, I feel like it's giving that sort of Resident Evil vibe that I was talking about where mm. it's sort of, you know, you need to get to here, but where's the alien going to pop out? Okay. Strategy. How do I get around? Yes. What items do I need? I need to solve this puzzle. Um, it's giving me that kind of a vibe, mm. but I've also watched you play enough of it. I feel like I've experienced it already. <laughs> I feel like I'm only like a quarter of the way through. I think I just take it so slowly because I'm, it gets terrifying. Yeah. Mm. I will also play that at some point. Nay says there's a horror mist vibe in that Japanese city psychic game recently. What was that shite that we both played? Oh, Ghostwire Tokyo. Yeah. Yeah, not scary in the slightest. No. Not in the slightest. I appreciated the setting, but it didn't the game didn't make enough use of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what has been happening in the new by the way, speaking before we go into the news, something that because we had our interview last week, we didn't really get to talk about it too much, but you spoke to some very important people. Oh, you want to bring that up? Yes, I do. Oh, okay. Um so hang on, let me let me get the article up and I can give a link. Link and post it in the chat. You can all click on it. Yeah. I didn't make it past um, the first room in Alien Isolation. They did too good at making the atmosphere scary. They really did, Zach. Um I'll be but yeah, we'll be playing more of it in October and who knows, maybe even earlier if there's any other kind of forfeit or whatever pops up. Oh, why is it it's come up with a with another site? How do uh, which site? Copied my interview. Something else. Um yes. So I was um very lucky to speak to the creators of Final Fantasy VII. What? Like, like the original Final Fantasy VII? Yeah. So, so they Tetsuo were Nomura. So they were creating Final Fantasy VII when you were like a kid, and now you're interviewing them. Yeah. Wow. Tetsuo Nomura. Uh, Yoshinori Kates. Kates, Katase, Kates. I don't know how actually. Kates is in Cardiff. I used to live there. Sure. Um, and then Marika Sato, who is a producer um on the series as well um and we basically talked about um crisis core uh which is the remaster that's coming out winter this year mm. uh if it's this Not year october no it's it's winter <laughs> yeah i might have accidentally put october and published it and then realized oh shit that's definitely not a date that i just plucked out of thin air um <laughs> <laughs> made up um but yeah so um i got to do um a zoom call with them um, which was interesting. It's the first interview I've ever done in Japanese where it's there with an interpreter, uh, with a translator. So there's a lot of like back and forth. 
um, which is just a quite an interesting experience to go through, really. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I got to speak to them about the Crisis Core remaster. Um, we talked about sort of linking it to remake, um, if there are going to be any changes. Um, they talked about changes to the battle system. Um, and we talked about sort of keeping it consistent across the series because there are so many different Final Fantasy games coming out now. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got Remake Part 2. You've got the Crisis Core uh, remaster. There's Ever Crisis, that, um, that mobile remaster, which actually looks great. Um, there's the Final Fantasy Battle Royale First Soldier. Um, so we talked about sort of consistency across that. Like, how do you make sure they're all different, but still within that world? Um, and we also talked about Sephiroth Shampoo. Mm. And the um, people were happy with that. They were. The people were happy about that. Um, there's lots of incidental text. I think you get sent emails in Crisis Core. And there's one that's, um, it details Sephiroth's hair care routine. And apparently he uses like a whole bottle of shampoo in one go on his hair every time. Um, so I asked about that and they said that, um, yes, that will still be in the game. And thankfully that is the one bit that got picked up everywhere else. <laughs> exactly. Well, that, you know, you got to find the, uh, go and find the, uh, headline. Yes. Nice. So, um, so that was very nice. So I got to do that. I also, which I had planned to talk about, um, went to a studio last week. Yes, uh, had you London. already been and you weren't allowed to talk about it? Yes, that was right. Yes, correct. Uh, but this was out on Tuesday. Uh, and this is Interior Night, which is the studio behind As Dusk Falls, mm. uh, which is a new narrative game that's out next week on Xbox and PC, coming to Game Pass. Um, and basically the studio is a brand new studio by Caroline Marshall. Um, she used to work for Quantic Dream with David Cage. So she worked on, she was the lead designer on Heavy Rain and the other one that I can never remember what it's called, uh, Beyond Two Souls. So she was the lead designer on those. And then she left there and she's made her own studio. Um, and so we had a lovely conversation um, about sort of inclusivity and authenticity. The fact that with this studio, they're trying to make it really diverse. It's led by two women. Um, it's a really diverse team from people all around Europe, all based in London. Uh, making this game it's got a really interesting art style uh, it's kind of like a graphic novel um come to life um so they filmed actors on a green screen and then they create a 3d environment and then they place the actors performances in that uh environment um but it's kind of chopped up into stills um that sort of move through the lines so it's not fully moving and animated it's kind of lots of stills like it's um panels in a graphic novel um, and they then hand paint over those to highlight uh, sort of facial features and emotions and change the colors and the lighting and all that sort of stuff um, so everything is done by hand which is amazing um, and then what's also interesting is that they're really really focusing on multiplayer for this so quantic dream games are generally pretty single player games um, it's just you making your decisions and what they're really trying to push is this idea of the way that people come together to play or, or sorry, to watch like prestige TV shows, like big crime dramas and Game of Thrones and all that. People come together as a household, uh, friends, family to watch that. The idea is that she wants people to come together to, to play this game together um, and lean in and, and get involved in the choices. And so I think one person, at least one person plays with a controller. Everybody else plays on a mobile phone. And you download an app that goes with it that's free. 
And then your game instance has a code that you then type into your phone in order to connect to it. And then you use your phone as a touchpad to move a cursor on the TV screen um, so that you're not having to look at your phone. You're just concentrating on that. And you use that as a cursor to make dialogue choices, to make decisions in the story. There's, there's a decision about every 20 seconds. So it's quite interactive. There's quite a lot going on. There are also some um, quick time events, but there's also accessibility that you can change that if you don't want them. So things like swiping, tapping on the screen, all that kind of stuff. What day is that out? It's out next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, that sounds like a game I'll be streaming. It's the 19th of July. So that's very, very... Wait, it might even be... Uh... Wait a minute, that's on Tuesday and I've got Tuesday off. Well, there we go. There you go. I guess I know uh, what I'm speaking doing. of streaming, there is a Twitch mode so that you can get chat involved to help with decision making. So the idea is that it's like everyone together um, sort of leaning in and playing this, this story, um, which is quite different from other Quantic Dream titles, which I really like. Um, I play through the first chapter with them. Um, it's this kind of crime drama set in America. It's these two households that end up in a, in a hotel or motel together. Um, lots of crime stuff going on, um, but a nice mix of cast members. Um, and uh, yeah, I just think it's it seems like a really interesting game. I don't think it's getting a huge amount of attention, but it is ultimately an Xbox exclusive um, that is that is out next week, um, coming out on Game Pass. Um, a really interesting narrative game. And I think it looks a million times better than Quantic Dream games, which I do not like. <laughs> not any of them? I liked Heavy Rain when I first played it, but I think Heavy Rain came out at a time where video game stories were a bit shit. And so having anything that was so focused on narrative seemed really revolutionary. But I think when you play it again now with just that constant streaming of Jason and just really really badly written women characters there's a lot of misogyny it's just not a good game um i haven't played beyond two souls but i didn't hear great things about it and detroit was just so heavy-handed it was awful um this so far i mean like i said i've only played the first chapter this so far i think the acting and the script is a lot better than those other games but because the game is so focused on that, it, it's the kind of game where it will live and die on its story. So I can't tell you what happens later on the story because I haven't got there. But hopefully it's a really well done story and a really good script that people will want to lean in and will want to make these decisions and see what happens. You know, there's it shows at the end all these different branches. So like with other Quantic Dream games, so you can see, you know, these are all the decisions you could have made. Um, and you can go back and replay bits to change those decisions. Um, it also records um, the choices you make. And then at the end of the chapter, we'll list out your values um, and personality traits. So it will say, oh, well, you as a person were very brave or you as a person were very reckless or you were really focused on your family or mm. you, know, you were focused on money or whatever else it might be. Uh, and it gives you that personality type that gets more and more detailed as you play more and more of the game, which is quite interesting. Oh, I like that. So instead of like, here, answer these 40 questions to get your personality type. Now it's going to be like, play exactly. this game. <laughs> Literally, that's what it's like. Interesting. Oh, but that'll be interesting with people uh, voting in chat. Your chat are all cold psychopaths or uh, <laughs> Who <knew>? sociopaths. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. So um, any other news? Because Well, there is another game that's out today. So today oh. is the 1.0 release of 
Power Wash Simulator, the game that we've played a fair few times on stream. I absolutely love it. It's just calming. I put some lo-fi beats on. We go and spray each other and make... We love to do that. We do. And we make things clean. We're not screaming, we're spraying. Exactly. Or both at the same time. Now, that game 1.0 is out yeah. today. And we're going to be giving away six copies. Not one copy. Definitely not two copies. Oh. No, not three copies. Oh. Not four copies. <gasps> really? No. Maybe five? Well, not five. Well, we will give away five copies, but we'll also give away another one to make it six. Six. Ooh. Six Ooh. copies. Very nice. Sixy copies of, yeah, of um, Power Wash Simulator. That will be very soon, actually. We'll start giving, we'll be giving them away um, at a rel pretty regular intervals because we're only going to be streaming for just over another hour. So, yeah. Yes, indeed. Um well, we'll race through this last bit of news. Um, first up, a quick Twitch story. Um, and that is that Twitch are reducing its minimum threshold for payments. Um, so at the moment, you have to make a minimum of $100 in order to get a payment. And they are going to be reducing that to $50 instead. So that means that maybe smaller streamers that don't make quite as much money, that don't have to wait you know, a long time. Uh, it means that you get much more regular payments, which is lovely. Um, it's not happening just yet. Um, it starts from the 15th of July, which is tomorrow. Uh, but oh, it's it payday in... tomorrow. Well, hey. There you go. Uh, but it starts in Argentina, Italy, Japan, Mexico, Spain, and Taiwan. So, you know, the, all those well-known streaming countries. Spain um, is very it, big. They, they get it first. Yeah. That's true. Well, I didn't Latin America, American streamers are huge. Spain, yeah. Spain's big, but like Latin American, like I'm, I know I'm just grouping them all together right now, but I know some huge Argentinian streamers. Yeah. I even follow true. a couple for some reason. I think I was that's trying true. to learn, I was trying to uh, learn Spanish through mm -hmm. Twitch, which is actually, you know, I did learn a bit. Yeah. Mm. Um, other countries will follow in the coming months, but it does say that they want it done by November. So I don't know when it's going to hit other countries, I guess specifically UK, US for most people here, um, or the rest of Europe, but uh, we don't know just yet when that will be happening, but hopefully soon. One thing that is very interesting in their blog post is it says, one day we'd love for you to wrap up your stream and already have the money you earned from that stream in your wallet. Mm -hmm. So whether the next step from this is then we get like weekly payments and then it becomes by stream, that would be lovely. Maybe that's something they want to work towards. Or if somebody um, gets, just, just imagine if somebody subbed and then it automatically like deposited into your wallet and you could then like withdraw that wallet whenever you wanted or empty it whenever. That'd, That'd be, pretty, be lovely. Yeah. Nice. That'd be lovely. Um, and then we've got lots of wonderful LGBT plus news this week. What's this wonderful LGBT news that you have? Well, the first is that there is a Season of Pride collection on Steam. Oh, um, and this is uh, presented by Midboss. Midboss is a publisher uh, based in LA, I believe, mm -hmm. um, who focus on LGBT plus games. And so they have basically handpicked um, games for, for this collection. Um, then some of them are on sale. Some of them are just part of the collection. Um, and some are coming soon. And some a are lot to come in soon. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, you know, it's got things like Celeste, Found, Arcade Spirits, Sort of the Necromancer, Tell Me Why, Paradise Killer, Boyfriend Dungeon, um, lots of other ones. Um, there are some to wishlist, um, which aren't yet out. Um, I really like that they have put these into categories. Yeah, so I love these. Trans and MBs for life, 
uh, POC leads, and my favourite is Be Gay Do Crimes, mm-hmm. which is lovely. Aces and um, Arrows Wild. Yep. And my favourite category, Free to Play. <laughs> of course that's your favourite. <laughs> How much? How much? Nothing. Oh, grand. <laughs> grand. Um, you'll be lacking that. Oh, does that work? Lacking. I said lacking. You said lacking. You said it was such said a posh lacking. accent. Oh, you're going wow. to be lacking part. <laughs> How dare. Um, they will also be doing a season pri- season of Pride sale on the eShop. Um, so keep an eye out for that. And they're doing various fundraising streams as well with lots of different streamers, many of which I'm sure you'll know, um, for lots of different charities. So um, there you go. That's Excellent. Coming. Nice. Well, yeah, um, they are great. I think they messaged me about something and I didn't reply. But uh, yeah, they are oh, great. Well, yeah. There you go. Um, more LGBT news. Uh, Nintendo Japan is recognizing same-sex marriage, even though Japanese law does not, which is a really nice thing. So basically they have their corporate social responsibility information on its website, and they have um, an introduction of a partnership system, which they introduced in March 2021. And basically it means that um, employees in a domestic partnership with a same-sex partner have the same benefits in the company as employees in an opposite sex marriage. And that's despite the fact that in Japan, um, same sex marriage is not legally recognized. Yeah. Unfortunately, the government Um, there don't, I don't think they're, I've, I know that they're quite conservative with that. And the, uh, those in charge, the liberal, they're called the liberal Democrats. That party is very kind of conservative, which is, and we can link in, um, to, because, uh, since we last streamed the former, Prime Minister Shinzo Abe was murdered and then they had a far-right politician posting a picture of Hideo Kojima saying look at this the far left it's like oh and I really really do hope that uh, Kojima does follow through and sues the ass off uh, that guy and the badly researched news organizations that reported with an image of him because that's just I mean calling somebody a murderer (laughs) I mean, awful. Yeah. Just awful. Mm. Um, uh, Mon is asking if there were changes recently. Sadly not. Um, Literally just last month, um, there was a lawsuit in Osaka um, that ruled that under the the constitution, the definition of marriage did not extend to same-sex partnerships. Mm. Um, And also, and the article I linked to in this was from like 2019. So I actually don't know. I'm presuming it hasn't changed since then. Mm. Um, but uh, trans people are required to be surgically sterilized under Japanese law if they want legal recognition of their gender identity. Mm. So Japanese law is really not LGBT friendly, but a Nintendo, it really is, or at least they're really pushing for that. Um, They also had a statement um, from their president um, about gender diversity in the company, um, Mm. which was really nice. So within Nintendo, at least, they are definitely trying to push for this sort of diverse mandate. Um, I guess my thinking on this is partly that it is a global company. Um, and so I don't know how much sort of, you know, this stuff happening in Japan also impacts other countries and maybe they need to be the same across, you know, Nintendo of America and Europe and everything. I don't know. Um, but at least Nintendo of Japan is recognizing that, which is something. Good for them because, yeah, the politicians there don't seem to. And, yeah, the the people in power there seem to, it seems to be the same uh, I believe it's the same uh, political party for 
a long, long, long time, and it doesn't look like they're going to be changing anytime soon. And the guy that was murdered uh, was not a nice person whatsoever. So there. There we go. But on the same day that we reported that from Nintendo, we also got some other wonderful gay news because Nintendo basically said gay rights yesterday. Between that and finally <gasps> the release date for Bayonetta 3. Slayonetta. <laughs> Slayonetta. Um, which is the 28th of October. So only a couple of months to go. Um, the trailer looks incredible now you still haven't played the other two and you have to do I've played this. most of the first most is not good enough i saw the bit um, where she shot um yeah she shot a statue like a pissing cherub statue up the you know up the eye mm. and it exploded which i know i loved it when i played of it but right. I, I wanted bayonetta with like modern controls and modern graphics Okay, Definitely modern so, controls. But you haven't played Benetta 2, have you? No. Because the controls in that are different and they are infinitely better. And oh that's why that game is immediately a million times better. Okay, good, good, good. Because, um, yeah, so can... Benetta 2 is, yeah. is a vast, vast improvement over the first one. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, it used to be where it's like, oh, I just want better graphics. I just want better graphics. But now I'm like, no, I want better controls. If a game controls well and looks a bit shit, I'd... there are many games that don't look amazing, but they play so well, I'll happily keep playing. What yep. game would that be for you? That looks pretty crap, but it plays so well, you just can't stop playing. Uh, um, for me, I'm going to say Red Dead Redemption One. No I mean, it doesn't like it doesn't hold up as well, but like the controls are just perfect. Whereas Red Dead Redemption Two, the controls are terrible. It's like you're playing in mud. Oh. Hmm. I mean, just most Nintendo games, to be honest. I feel like N yeah. Nintendo are just really good at the movement and the feel. You know, you, you hear the stories of when they developed Mario 64. I mean, you haven't played it. Um, I played a little but bit. But they, they spent so much... I mean, it was their first 3D game, but they spent so much time just focused on Mario's movement to get all his different jumps and the momentum and all that kind of stuff, um, like, just right. Um, and I think they've just kept building on that again and again. Like Mario Odyssey, the way that he just throws the hat and jumps and whatever is just, it feels so smooth. Mm -hmm. um, so I think just Nintendo games in general are like that. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yes, a nice long new trailer for Bayonetta 3. Lots of detail in that. Um, she has a new ability called Demon Masquerade, which means she can channel the demon linked to her weapon for new action and options. Um, she can summon demons for, for direct control um, in big demon and demon battles, um, which, is, uh, which is amazing. Um, what's very interesting is that there are multiple bayonetas. Mm. Um, so they, they have shown a bayonetta in sort of red and gold armor or a red and gold outfit. Um, and it seems like there are going to be multiple Bayonettas, whether this is some sort of Bayonetta multiverse or whatever, I don't know. It sounds really interesting. There's a new character called Viola um, that you get to play as as well. There are a lot of Devil May Cry references, I Good. think, in that trailer. Um, Viola, to me, looks like a sort of female Dante with a sort of white spiky hair. There's a, there's a, um, a pose of her holding a sword behind her back that just looks very Dante-esque to me. Um, there's like a sort of lava spider boss that is ripped straight from Devil May Cry 1. 
Um, it feels just very platinum, basically. Uh, and the other extra thing that they are including is a new mode called Naive Angel Mode that basically covers her up. So, as you know from playing Bayonetta, um, her outfit is actually her hair that is skin tight. Mm. And her hair is the source of her Wicked Weave magic attacks and therefore spins off of her and leaves her naked when she's attacking. Um, and so um, they've now added a new mode with, that stops that from happening. So she stays fully clothed all the time, um, which is not canon because, you know, her hair must be removed. Um, but it does mean that if you're out and about playing it in handheld, you're not going to have people looking at your screen like, why are you playing a weird nudie game? Um, because you can you can turn that off. Mm. How boring. How very boring. Like, I, I love how camp and over-the-top Bayonetta is. And I'm down yeah. with that. All right. Uh, and then one last announcement this week from Nintendo is a brand new Kirby game. Oh, yeah. Kirby Dream Buffet. Kirby Guys. Kind of like Fall Guys, but not. It's essentially who can eat the most food as Kirby to become the chonkiest Kirby. And what's not to love in that? Yeah. Um, it's, it's a party game. It's digital only. Um, they didn't give a price, so I don't know if that means it's going to be free to play, or if it's just cheap, or if it's going to be a game that's included in the subscription service. Who knows? Mm. We can hope. I kind of suspect that maybe this was an extra mode from Forbidden Land that they then sort of took into its own little extra thing. Um, but yeah, it looks really cute and really fun. And watching the trailer made me very hungry. Does it make? Does it get? Does Kirby get bigger the more you eat, and then you can eat bigger things? So you have to eat strawberries whilst rolling through themed uh, food-themed levels, and then it weighs you at the end, and whoever is the chunkiest is the winner. Okay, interesting. Hmm. So there we go. That's yeah. to look forward to. Yes. Uh, that is out this summer. Well, it's bloody summer now, with this mm. temperature. All right, so I think we'll call it there for the podcast, but stick around because we will be playing a little bit, not very long, uh, of Power Wash Simulator where we will be giving away... How many copies? Was it two copies? No, no, no. It wasn't even three. No. Or four. Or five. Six copies. Six copies. Six copies. So stick around and we will give away six copies of Power Wash Simulator. But also, yeah, please... I mean, we're going to be doing all sorts over this weekend at uh, TwitchCon, so expect videos, expect streams tweeters and all that um so yeah you'll be sick of us i imagine i will have like half the number of followers uh by next weekend so uh, with all the spam that you're gonna get so yeah make but sure you're following next week's next sorry week's make sure podcast we can then do a full sort of rundown of what went debrief <laughs> a debrief and why ed will not be appearing again on the podcast <laughs> 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 um, but yeah that will be next Thursday but yeah stick, we will be putting lots of um, we'll put some videos up probably I will record some stuff and uh, and stick it in a video on YouTube which is youtube.com slash swapping joysticks in fact go to swapping joysticks.com it's down there um, and you can go and uh, click all the links we'll be putting stuff up on, stuff up on YouTube on the Twitter and also on uh, yeah on, I mean we'll be on probably on this channel on uh, Twitch. But yeah, so Ed, like if people want to see what you're only you are doing on uh, you know this weekend, what how do people find you? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitch and on Twitter at Ed underscore Knights with an N. Uh, and I'm Biggest Benis or Biggest Benis One on well, Biggest Benis on most places, including YouTube and Twitch, and Biggest Benis One on the old Twitter. So very nice. Goodbye. Is that it? Uh, what's, what's the goodbye thing? <laughs> we'll, do we do anything? We'll see. Well, we'll see. Well, next week, be there or get swapped. Yeah. Maybe. I don't see you through the week. I'll see you through the window. Through the joystick. See, yeah. I'll see you. Keep your joysticks to yourself.